Thanks for tuning in to Good Vibrations with Kristen. Are you ready to be inspired? Do you want to have a greater connection to the earth, each other, and ultimately yourself? So then join in the conversation with me, Kristen Ace, and me, Green Diva Meg, and our fascinating guests to share the light, the laughter, and the illumination of Good Vibrations. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Good Vibrations with Kristen. Hi, Kristen. How are you? Hi, Green Diva Meg. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I love it. We were just laughing beforehand how you're born ready, man. I am born. I was born ready. She's like, are you ready? She's like, yeah, I'm born ready. Yeah. And my parents went, holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) How did we get this animal? (laughs) Yeah, they loved it. We have on our show today our favorite superhero environmental activist, um, (laughs) Michael Green. He is the executive director of the Center for Environmental Health. Are you there, Michael? I am, and I'm very happy to be here. Yay, we're so happy to have you. Um, We were going to talk today about gratitude. And who, wait, I just want to know whose idea that was. Was it Michael's or yours? It was Michael's. All right. Which I was very excited yeah. about because right before we um, introduced Michael, he said, well, maybe gratitude's overrated. And I started on a little <laughs> lecture and he said, no, just kidding, Kristen. So, <laughs> so why don't we start with you, Michael, because yep. you deal with some pretty dirty things in life. So, you know, how do you stay grateful? Well, one thing I do is that I practice with my kids. My daughter, Gigi, is seven, or she's six, and her older brother, Dylan, is seven. And every night at dinner, we go around and each say one thing we're grateful for. And more often than not, Dylan is grateful for dinosaurs, for his new Lego, um, and Gigi, more often than not, is grateful for unicorns, for... But then, invariably, it comes to that we're all grateful for each other, the four of us sitting around the table. Yeah. And... And when you do this with a child, it's all, like, all of the, what you're supposed to say get thrown out. Yes. And all of the, sort of, the, the filters and, and appropriateness kind of goes away. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's super enlightening for me on a regular basis to be with them, and they'll say something that at first sounds a little crazy, and then not, like being grateful for unicorns. Right. Yeah, so, that's beautiful, actually. Whether she knows or not that maybe unicorns don't exist, they exist in her life. Mm-hmm. It's fun for her. She likes to draw them. She likes to watch cartoons that contain them. Right. And she's grateful for that component of her life. And so that rubs off on me. You know, I thought, like, I'm being the guru and I'm helping the children. In reality, <laughs> mostly, you know, once you sort of like, yeah. like all, all that ego stuff, it's definitely equally the other way around. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. they help you remember magic. You know, there's magic in those thoughts. And then, for me, at least, it then reminds me that anything is possible. You know, anything is possible well, when you're in that place. But one of the things that you bring to the table as, you know, Guru Daddy is um, is not raining on their parade. And right. not saying, no, 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 unicorns don't exist, right. you know, whatever. Uh, and allowing them to be creative and whatever. Well, it's funny because my kids, we, we, we do something similar. Like, if you could do anything or if you could have anything, what would it be? And my daughter would say, I'm going to have an everything store. And my son always would go, 
you can't have that. There's no such thing. <laughs> and I would be, go. He must be older. Yeah, he is older. Right? And I would go, honey, you can't tell her what she can't dream about. And he still to this day has trouble with that. He's like, you know, mom, you just live. And I said, I live in the world of possibility. And Landon, honey, you live. And he goes, in reality. Oh, boy. He's a more... Yeah. He's a more engineer. He's going to be yeah. An he is an engineer in his mind, but he does. It, it's important to have these conversations to remind him of the magic that there is magic in the world. That there is that actually possibility is a place that we can live in on a regular basis. And we don't have to sell them on it because if we no. just be that, right? Then he may be. You know, if he's like a if he's a tween or something like that, he may fold his arms and harumph at you a little bit. But he's watching you, right. and you have the potential to be doing some, you know, even if he never gives it to you uh, and never admits it, you are doing, you are providing for him a way of being that he can model. Right. Whether he acknowledges it or not. Well, and he is a teen. He's not even a tween anymore. He's a full-fledged teen, and we do have these conversations now about, you know, how he's going to create his universe and and the, the more he gets into the thick of life um, and the more intense things that are starting to happen within his life um, with liking people and friendships and things like that, the more he's really starting to understand about creating your life. And, and he is actually an incredibly grateful child. He is a, is a, is a young man who has always been grateful for whatever wonderful things come his way. So that I, I'm, I'm grateful for because he has at least that opening into um, the world that I believe in. I think gratitude is just such a, like an amazing, powerful tool yes. for everything. And my sister, one year for Christmas, she had no money. She was really struggling. And it, the, she just created this whole theme of gratitude and she gave us these little notebooks and pens that she got from the dollar store. And right. she said, please write every day about gratitude. And I thought, that's, that's a great idea. Right. You don't have to have big things to be grateful. You know, um, it also changes just your frame on the things you do have. Yeah. Right. So it can also t- pull you from a place of hopelessness or despair, which I, I despair um, and I can say this to you, Michael, because you work for the environment. You work for our earth. And I despair about it um, occasionally. And I fall into this place of, oh, my God, what are we doing? But then if I come from a different place of gratitude, if I go out into my own garden, if I go and I clean my little pond and I sit with the birds and the squirrels are taking peanuts out of my hands, I go, okay, I can sit in this place of gratitude and that changes my whole perspective right. on the bigger picture. Then suddenly you see people right. like Michael and the organization, right. the Center for Environmental Health, and the, the, the positive things that are happening, That's right? right. So it shifts my entire perspective. because And, and that, that shift in perspective uh, creates the possibility for you to be more inspirational for people. Right. And <clears throat> Because in the work that I do, if I came in every day and said, the corporations are lying to you. The government is bought by the corporations, and right. you got all these chemicals in your body and your bloodstream, and your kids are at a higher risk than you. If that was the entire message, and of course that's part of the message of what we do, because we want people to know what's going on. If that was the entire message, it would be disempowering. Right. Yeah. But 
But if you can also bring in the level of positivity that gratitude's totally connected with, Mm. then it can be inspirational for action. Mm. Yeah. 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 Then instead of people feeling beat down, like, well, there's nothing I can do, it's hopeless. Right. Right. Uh, you're You're creating momentum, positive momentum. I remember one of the lowest times in my life, divorce number <laughs> and I had a small baby in a business that was floundering. My mother was dying, and I just was lost. Right. And I remember lying in bed one night, and it was raining, and I could hear the rain because I was upstairs. And I was like, okay, thank you, God, for this roof. Right. And thank you for – thank you, universe, whatever I said. I don't remember. Thank you for I'm warm. Yeah. Thank you for my kids' health. And I kind of went through the basics and – I really, really felt better. And I started doing that every night, just running down. And even if it was just really basic things, like we had a great meal today. Right. You know, I I, I didn't flip out and kill anybody. This is good, you know? Right. Well, I do a prayer every single night of what I'm thankful for. And I just, I do. I run down the the basics. And then if there's, because there is always something really fun that happens in my day that I go, oh, I'm so glad that happened. That's a special. And by the way, thank you for that, you know wonderful thing that happened, blah, blah, blah. And now right. I go to bed, I just feel happy. Right, you know? right. Can wake up happy probably too. Right. Can but, I tell a story connected to this? Yes. Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> when I was in my late 20s, I did, um, I, I, it was the, I, I've, I've spent two very long stretches in India. And the first one, um, I volunteered at Mother's Ter- Mother Teresa's original mission in Calcutta for many mm. months. Wow. And I, then I did this really crazy thing. And I um, went by myself in a boat down the Ganges. And um, and so, you know, each night I had to either uh, paddle till after dark and then set up my tent. Or I, you know, just paddled up to any village and they took me in and, you know, they hadn't seen anybody like me ever before. Um, and I would, and, and they would, you know, I, I would, they would take care of me. Right. And so each, each night I would, I would have to choose between um, the, those two options. Okay. And, and late in that trip, because I was by myself and, and my Hindi was um, weak at best. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, we could have conversations, limited conversations. And um, late in that trip, um, I, uh, I became aware of the material abundance in my life in the United States mm. in a way that I intellectually knew it but didn't know it in my core. Until yeah, then. that's right. Yeah. And then I came home. And so a couple months later, I'm back here in the U.S., and I couldn't help noticing things like the following. The foundations at the bottom of the buildings. Mm. Or the, su- the sewage system. Mm-hmm. where, you know, so the foundation at the bottom of the building is something yeah. that's actually holding up where, wherever we're going whenever we're in the built environment. That's right. Or the sewage system is protecting us from, the, from disease. Right. And, um, and, and I just started no, noticing things like infrastructure mm-hmm. and things, things that we walk the sidewalk. Right. Um, the curb that keeps the water, the pedestrians away from the water and the water away from the pedestrians. And these things that we're so busy in our lives and we take so for granted that we're not aware of um, 
this abundance of right. things that is basically keeping us dry and healthy. And, and so, how profound that is. And now it's, you know, decades later, and I still, I walk down the street and I notice the foundations of buildings. Mm-hmm. And I go back to this village where I had this sort of realization. Um, and so you don't have to go to India to do that. You can just do it right here on your own. But we, we, have, such, um, we have such material wealth, but it's actually in our minds that, that decide, you know, our, our, our gratitude for it, our gratitude for what we have, and basically decide whether we're happy or sad is not based on the material events, not based on having a foundation so your home is dry, but your interpretation of the events all around. That's correct. And that's probably the most profound statement I've heard about gratitude. It's really what your perspective is around what you're experiencing. And I have a so funny can, story. Um, I, I just want to say, so you can yeah. walk down the street and just be grateful for anything in front of your face if right. you just slow down enough to pay attention to it. Right. Well, Ooh, and that's yeah, slowing an down is, is huge. Because you are correct, Michael. We are rushing from this to that, and then people are now, now – now people don't even just walk down the street. They walk down the street with their face in a phone. And, oh, don't uh, get me going on that one. And people are no longer driving their cars. They're driving and texting and, and iPhoning and all kinds of crazy things that they're not even paying attention to what needs to be right in front of them to stay safe, let alone um, – you know, that you have a car or that you are able to drive your car down a street that is well-paved, that will get you to where you need to go to or where you want to go to safely. So it's funny because I had a friend long ago who, her kids were little, and her sons were complaining because, you know, you didn't pick me up, you were five minutes late picking me up in this thing, and and you didn't get my my gear together for my sports and blah, 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 blah. And really young kids. And she went, all right, that's it. That's it. You are going to make a gratitude list for a month. And her youngest son went, no, not a gratitude list. He didn't know what it was. <laughs> Just the way she made it sound. And she was like, that's right. Every day you're going to write something that you're grateful for on this earth. And they both started, her two boys to her crying. But she said by the end of that month, they were looking forward to writing and sharing with her what they were grateful for. And Mm -hmm. it changed everything in their entire lives as a family. Well, I'll tell you, if you've ever been very, very ill or, uh, you know, uh, talk about, you know, you feel grateful for just not being in pain or whatever. I mean, it's all about perspective. And when you've traveled the world like michael has and seen things that we don't see every day it's no, not in our airspace um i think it's 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 extremely healing to, to to be able to seek out those things and to take the time i thought that was a profound thing that michael said about slowing down right paying attention. slow down so right. one you know you you don't have to actually leave to do it too so <clears throat> i have i have long-term life goals that i created 15 years ago and one of them is to do a silent retreat every year. And that's, mm. much, that's much harder to do with small kids. So instead of a 10-day retreat, it might be, you know, a weekend retreat or something right, like right, that. Right, right, right. But to, uh, to be uh, in a moment on a regular basis that, um, that I'm not speaking, that no one's speaking to me, I can't wow them with how cool I am because I run the Center for Environmental Health. <laughs> and, all of the, and all of the ego things yeah. that come up for you, right? Right, right. Um, and, um, um, and 
that consistently helps me to sort of come back to what's most important in my life is just to stop and be quiet. Yeah, I, I think that that is probably one of the hardest things that happens in in our uh, everyday existence here. In it. I just wrote a post about. Uh, you know, our addiction to technology, mm. and it's kind of created, and I noticed it in me, and I have to really fight it every day. This, this like, I don't want to sit still. Like, i got to pick up my phone and entertain myself every, every second, second of every day. So um, I, I started instituting a couple of things to help counteract that in, involving yoga, meditation, and prayer. Right. And then throughout the day, there's little different exercises. But I started, uh, I did a guided visual, visualization meditation. I call it a tech detox or a tech timeout, mm. and um, I need it. I need to do it like every freaking day. Well, yeah. my husband s- turns everything off by ten o'clock, and and um, I was like, oh, you know, I I'm up some. T- I'm a night person, so actually, I'm most creative in the evening and in the wee hours of the morning, like you know, tw- twelve to two o'clock in the morning. I'm very very creative, but I have found that. I, I just can't do it anymore, and I've started turning off my computer at 10 o'clock, and if I have all these creative thoughts, I can jot them down in a notebook and stay present in a different way. So, and I'm, and I'm glad that he put that out first because I'm just calmer at night now. I'm still as highly creative, but I'm just calmer and I'm more centered and I'm more present in my evening with my animals, with my kids, with my house, with everything that's going on. But um, I, I think that's that that quiet and the slowness is connected to gratitude, and all that stuff leads to us being able to be more compassionate and more com- kind to the people around us. Right. And then that kind of builds off itself because when you're more kind and compassionate to people around you, they're more likely to be kind. And, they're not guaranteed to be, but they're more likely to be kind and compassionate to you. I and agree. then. It's like a positive feedback mechanism. It's like a snowball effect, right? Yeah, right. And so we can initiate that in our micro-environments, and, and that can build to, you know, I mean, if everyone is doing that, that would have a, a, a meta-impact on, on the world. Well, energy begets energy. It really would. So, so you don't even know how many people you affect in a day from getting up in the morning to, dry, you know, get getting in your car, to going to the grocery store, to going to work, to go... Bl- you actually affect hundreds of people who then affect hundreds of people. So you're literally affecting thousands of people every single day that you aren't even aware of. And so, I mean, when my garbage men come, I, like, I make it a point to step outside and wave and say, thank you, guys, thank you, because that's a job that that needs to be recognized and I'm very grateful for what those men do every twice a week for, for me because right. yeah. So, and you're we, speaking to like the uh, Dalai Lama's ex garbage man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I love that. <laughs> I, that is my claim to fame that I was the Dalai Lama's garbage man. <laughs> that's a pretty big claim. I have it, to it's say. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 to, um, um, but you know, that was 20 years ago. So I got it. What have you done for me lately? Um, one, one of the things that um, that we do here at the Center for Environmental Health is we consciously um, talk about and invest the energy into 
creating an internal organizational culture. You know, just the 30, so or of us, right? right. Um, but creating an internal culture plus the board, so maybe 45 of us, um, that is a model for what we want to see in the world. Oh, that's and, fantastic. And, and so there's an element of sort of everybody's, a little of one for all and all for one, that, that, that the way we are with each other, and it doesn't mean we're like hanging out every night together, but that the way we have our, uh, the way we interact with each other and the way we support each other and the, the, the interaction, the quality of the interaction is such that we can then mo- have that serve as a model. So then interns and young people come and they work here for a couple of years and then they go someplace else. And that's what they then take with them to the next place that they're right. at. And also right. each of us, when we leave the office, that's what we're taking with us to our families or our sports teams or our, you know, uh, temples or churches or whatever it is. Right. Well, it's interesting that you say that, Michael, because my husband, um, his job now, the environment is exactly like that. And when I met his boss for the first time, and I may have said this before, and he shook my hand and said, you know, Jeff is, Jeff is our you know, I say shining star, even though Jeff says he never said that. He said something like, but he basically said, we really appreciate mm-hmm. what your husband brings to the table on every level in this organization. And I started crying because it had been a really long time before so, that when someone had really appreciated how brilliant he is. And he works in an atmosphere like that where everybody is appreciative of each other they are building a community they work together they are they are uh, mindful of each other's skills and talents and when he comes home from there he's always happy isn't that nice see i never had that experience in the corporate world which is why i created my own I'm right. an entrepreneur because i and i am absolutely committed to creating that environment for anybody that works with or for me well you do because like i i just can't i mean i tried it was like soul crushing right you know? but michael have you ever thought about taking your paradigm of business and teaching it to other places or modeling it or lecturing about it um i have and i have actually given a, a couple talks about uh, building an organization of leaders um and um unfortunately i um, not being the best time manager on the planet, I've also <laughs> not allowed myself to do that, which I think is very important. I've, I've let that be eclipsed by the urgent thing of getting the BPA out of the sippy cups or whatever. Yeah, well, right. It's understandable. Um, but I, I will tell you that my experience, but, but I still, th- and I, one of our board members is uh, regularly harassing me to write a book about this very thing. Okay, um, I'll join in in the harassment then because I think it's, it's something that needs to happen. We'll just pester you periodically until we get it done. <laughs> calendar that um uh before i before i started uh the center for environmental health in 96 i was at u.s department of energy headquarters in washington under clinton and i will tell you that it was a very different experience and i think a lot of it has to do with ambition Mm. and ego Mm. so when 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 you when you try to create a culture where it's more all for one and one for all, that means there are moments where people don't get to say, hey, I did it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that is counter to a lot of the way a lot of work environments occur where people are trying to get credit and trying to move up and 
you, you have to be in, if, if you aspire to have a, an, an, a, an organizational culture in business that has that way of being, you need to reward, you need to, the leadership needs to reward people for being that way. Right, for As being compared willing. To reward people for being the yeah. one who got the, the sale only, or of course you want to reward that, or got the, you know, or wrote the brilliant thing, or invented the brilliant thing, that you, you've got to also reward not only what we produce, but how the we supporting produce. supporting team. That's I was right. Just, well, That's I, right. I, this weekend I was up, up visiting a friend in a, in a very creative community, my old community, which I miss. But there was a, like on this abandoned building, someone painted this beautiful mural and they did this quote of Wendell Berry, which if I could read real quick, I just feel yeah, like it's sort of relevant. Um, uh, just, uh, where, where is it? Uh, uh, All right. Well, while Megan is finding a community, that, oh, okay, a community is the mental and spiritual condition of knowing that the place is shared, and that the people who share the place define and limit possibilities of each other's lives. It is the knowledge that people have of each other, their concern for each other, their trust in each other, the freedom with which they come and go amongst themselves. And I've had to read it like 10 times mm. and I kind of sinking in, but it feels like it's relevant to any organization or community. Uh, if you're, you know, trying to like Facilitate what Michael's ta- talking about, um, create a, a, a cooperative community mm-hmm. of growth, you know? Yeah. But, and you can't do that without gratitude. You, you can't create that kind of community if people aren't grateful for where they are, how they're doing it. They, and for each other. And, and for, for each, each other. other. That's yeah. right. Wow. That's right. It's interesting because I was part of a project um, many years ago in my town that didn't come to be. But at one point, um, the, the person who I was working with said, well, you know, you're not going to get to if you're not going to get to get up there and cut the ribbon, you know, because you don't get to have credit for this thing. And I said, I don't want credit for this thing. I just want it to happen because it'll be a good thing for my town. Right. And he looked at me and he said, what do you mean you don't want credit? And because they didn't want me to have credit because I was a, I was just a, I was not part of the government organization. So, and I was fine with that. And he said, what do you mean you don't want credit? Because he thought I was fighting for credit. And I said, I don't care about any of that. It's just that this would be an extraordinary thing for our town. And it will bring in business. And it will bring in a different spiritual center. And it will be, and he was like, wait, wait. Politicians don't care. He didn't know how to deal with me after that. So he. He might not have even believed you. Yeah, I don't think he did. Because he said that, that that doesn't make any sense. And I said, oh, God, I don't. I don't need a pat on the back. I just have a vision, and the vision is of a bigger picture than just what I'm doing. Collaboration is really, that's how I operate in the world, and everybody just thinks I'm an alien. But, you know, I think more and more of us are finding that you can. I mean, now look at Michael at the head of this organization he runs. Right. Um, Creating an environment. It's working. It's working, and you don't have to be this ambitious you know, stepping on the throat of your fellows to, well, you know. Well, you can still be ambitious, but still be ambitious for a, for a bigger picture, yeah. for a greater for a greater good. I mean, there's no other way to put it. So, Well, but people also, you have to reward people for the thing that you want them to deliver. Right. And so if what one of the things we want them to deliver is Cooperation. A, way of being, a way of being together, <laughs> of 
you know, gratitude for each other and uh, support for each other and collaborative work as compared to competitive work, then um, you're going to be most effective in that if you also reward people for that. Right, right. right. And, and so, and that reward is just as, can be as simple as just acknowledgement, as acknowledgement of uh, people's teamwork and about how they are with each other. Um, so we, you know, obviously in every community there is uh, people who are more, uh, you know, out there and people who are more quiet and finding different ways to reward everyone for the way they are kind of compassionate with everybody. Well, for their gra- contribution. Gratitude, right. to, you know, sharing gratitude with someone for the work that they've done, whatever that is. Whatever that uh, is, that's right. Is powerful, and thank well, you. it's so nice to be appreciated, you know, it really is. And... With that sentiment, um, we have to wrap it up because, as usual, um, our conversations go really quickly (laughs) because they're very interesting. (laughs) And thank you, Michael, for coming on and bringing this topic to our listeners and and paying it forward the way you do. I mean, you, you really are, in my mind, a superhero. I'm, I'm just, I'm very grateful for your work and your energy on the planet. Talk about gratitude. Yeah. Mahalo, Michael. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Can I just tell you, there's a website that I'm not associated with, but I just yes. think it's beautiful. And yeah. Yes. Gratitude 24-7. Thank you. And, that, and we're going to post that on our blog as well so that people can click right on that and get right to it. Great. Thank you for sharing. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Well, everybody, that was, of course, amazing because it was Michael Green. <laughs> can you tell he's one of my favorite people? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So everybody out there, go and be grateful to someone for something and spread that energy in your day and your night. Raise your vibration and others. That's right. Bye-bye. I love you. We hope that you found this episode of GVK inspiring. And to raise your vibration even higher, visit my website at goodvibrationswithkristen.com. And don't forget to like Good Vibrations with Kristen on Facebook. What inspires you? Write us, let us know, so we can share your ideas on the show. And meanwhile, keep listening, keep connecting, and know that you are divinely guided.